Hi. I've been wondering if you've been wondering, because I've certainly been wondering <laughs> how all of these pieces connect together. We've talked about Speak Up and Language Mats. We've talked about the All program and all sorts of different bits of understanding about teaching languages and learning languages. But how do they connect? So my task for myself today was to see if I could create some sort of flow chart. This podcast is really explaining my Miro board and my thinking behind it. So of course there is a link to the actual Miro board, but this is my thinking behind it as I go. On the top left, I've got speak up icon with baseline underneath it. And on the top right, speak up icon with goal monitoring. So the whole flow through my flowchart is the pieces in between a baseline sample of where the students are, are up to with their language and a second sample which hopefully will show a development. From the baseline sample, I've got an arrow towards gesture to learn words. So the next bit is students construct sentences and the language mats. Whatever it is that you do to do the repeat it and memorize it and model language and model phrases and so forth, I think it's really important to chop them back up into the word based components and then give them to students. Let the students own those words and experiment with their construction of those words and sentences. As long as students know that this is an experiment stage, that it's temporary, that we will work towards a more correct statement later. And I don't just say, yep, that's awesome. You can say that all the time and we won't worry about it. Students are okay with it. I think it's us teachers that are not okay with it. <laughs> I believe super strongly that students are not speaking a language. They don't own that language unless they put it together for themselves. I also find that this experiment stage, which is a really exciting stage for me and students, means they own the language and they're hungry to find out how to get it better. If I teach grammar first, if I teach what the structure is and then show them where they can substitute words in, it's a bit yawn. <laughs> Students go, oh yeah, okay, that's what we have to do. And they chug along with it because they're really good at pleasing the teacher, but it, they're not owning it in the same sort of way. Whereas if they construct it for themselves first and then at point of need grammar, I help them to see one part of that sentence that can become better. They get really excited about it. They're, they're wanting to know what it is that they're going to do next to make that even better. So the next arrow goes into a rather sweet needle and thread and it says point of need grammar. You can zoom into that section on the Miro board and you'll be able to read, what if we teach grammar after students have tried to put words together for themselves? 
my experience is that students are excited to understand how to make their sentences more correct. But if you teach them grammar first, it's like, what ifs? Yeah, how did I go with trying to pretend I can speak the sort of language that the young people speak? Oh, well. So that arrow then goes up to a piece of paper, I suppose, that has the picture of a classroom with all sorts of different things in that classroom, students sitting at desks, computers, iPads, one's falling asleep, there's a teacher with a whiteboard, a map in the back, all sorts of things. And around the picture, I've put lots and lots of speech bubbles. And the speech bubbles are in sections with post-it notes of the Victorian Curriculum ICANN statements for year four. So it's got things like, I can use expressions, which helps to prompt students, oh yeah, the boy over there might be saying to the other boy, skoi, which means wow in Japanese, or bravo. So I can use expressions and the expressions would go in that section. I can use Japanese to say things about me in the classroom. I can change a sentence into a question by adding ka. So you, the students can see what it is that they're trying to learn how to do and put examples of what they could do related to that picture in the ICANN statements. It also acts as a very quick audit of what students can't do and both the students and the teacher can quickly see, oh, we haven't done very much work on adjectives, which is why there's virtually nothing in that adjective section. Let's do some work on that so that we can start to promote some more things in that area. So you could do this as a whole class thing and make a big sentence wall, or you could do it as a group activity and students could do different ICANN statements each or just together put together as many sentences as they can onto that chart. Another thought I've had recently is another way of helping to prompt students to think of the sort of language that they could use with each other is to create scenarios. And especially if those scenarios for oral practice are connected into activities that they could actually do with each other during language time. For example, playing a game of Uno or cards, or my favourite at the moment is creating a train set and connecting up all the rails with each other and then going and asking for another piece. So what is the language that students could be using to negotiate with each other during group work? and creating scenarios for that where they can again use that I can statements board to workshop the sorts of things that they might say to each other with the language mats first and then practice them orally and then go into the situation and actually do them in a group scenario. For example, get the things you need, take turns. How are you going to ask each other how to say something? check what you were supposed to do. How would you stop someone from being annoying? If those scenarios can go straight into actually doing that as an oral practice activity in your classes, then it becomes almost authentic. From the scenarios for oral practice, I've sent an arrow back to goal monitoring speak up. And hopefully within that goal monitoring, you'll be able to use the samples of 
the Speak Up to analyse where the students are up to in terms of their I can statements and then feed that straight into reports. So the last arrow is going from goal monitoring into reports. To summarise, we've moved from baseline Speak Up through gestures to learn words into students constructing their sentences and teachers using point of need grammar to help improve those sentences to become more correct. And generally I just use one piece of grammar for that. The board with all of the sentences that students have constructed. Scenarios for oral practice. Another arrow down into spontaneous use because I think once students have practiced those scenarios within the language class, they should be able to use them spontaneously as well. And a second arrow going back to goal monitoring to check what the improvement might have been, where the goal monitoring sample based on ICANN statements can be used directly with reporting. I hope this helps. I hope that flowchart makes sense to you. It's certainly making more sense in my head and please let me know what you think. Let me know how it could be improved, how you might use it, uh, what other scenarios there might be and what you think about the point of need grammar with students constructing their sentences first and then teaching grammar that direction rather than teaching a grammar structure that students then substitute in with. I hope this helps. Ciao